1: Hi, this is Hollywood Crime Scene. This is, wait, (laughs) what do I say? Welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene? I don't know.
0: Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. I'm Rachel Fisher. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. Wait, is that going to say? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I'm going to say this week. Okay. Hi, I'm Desi Jenkin. (laughs) So what? Now what? We're very professional.
1: We're very professional.
0: Okay, are you going to do the paid... Patreon? Yes. Patrons?
1: Okay, so this week we had Robert, Jessica, Jacqueline, Rebecca, Jay, Rita, Gary, Lisa, Hugh, and Neptune. Oh, Neptune. <laughs> it's otherworldly. It's out of this world.
0: I feel like we should give a special shout out to Drew, uh, what's his name? Venus Mantrap. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes. We got like a, uh, a really good message from him on Patreon. Yes. It was really funny. We laughed. We did laugh. Hi, Drew. Hey, Drew. We see you. We see you and we love you. (laughs) So yeah. Anyway, if you would like to donate to our Patreon, it is patreon.com slash Hollywood crime scene. And there you will find bonus content. And if you haven't joined our Patreon page before, there's like a hundred episodes of bonus content yes. there.
0: So you'll be busy.
1: Yeah. You'll be while. busy.
0: Yes. Um, okay. Should we just get into our story Let's this get, week? I'm, I've <laughs> been very excited to talk about this. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to talk about. So this week I'm going to talk about, uh, the life of Anna Nicole Smith, who I'm assuming Rachel, since you're very much like me, you worship and hold on high, in high regard, like from day one i've always loved anna nicole smith uh immensely
1: since i saw her in the naked gun 33 and a third (laughs) who's that hot woman terrible actress hot woman and then like just like her whole work with the guest ads yeah and like just she's like stunning and like her whole story is just from what i know the pieces i know of it is pretty wild
0: yes it's pretty wild but i love i loved her i love her and honestly i don't know if i really gave that much shit about her when she was modeling for guests it's like oh great she's pretty but every model is pretty i sort of liked her when i found out she was trash i was like oh i love her (laughs) like when she would go on interviews then i was like oh my god this girl is amazing right she's completely unfiltered i mean obviously that would appeal to us right so i really started liking her more when i saw her and especially Probably when she was being torn down. I was like, wait a minute. Well <laughs> like, Yeah, I
1: was really uh, <laughs> I was really defensive of her me when too. she was being dragged through the mud. Me so. too.
0: So so she was born Vicki Lynn Hogan on November twenty eighth, nineteen sixty seven in Houston. She was the second child born to a sixteen year old mom named Virgie. Her father was her mother's second husband, and she actually divorced him after he pleaded guilty to statutory rape of her other 10-year-old daughter, who was the sister to Anna Nicole, or Vicky at that time. She would remarry four more times and have two more children. So things already were starting off kind of fucked up for Anna Nicole Smith. She, uh, her mom worked almost three dec- decades as a deputy for the Harris County Sheriff, and she regarded herself as a strict mom. In her opinion, Vicki Lynn's childhood was very happy and safe, Obviously, Anna Nicole has a different opinion about that. Vicky Lynn uh, said, you want to hear my child life? She she would say this in an interview later. You want to hear all the things she did to me, all the things that she let my stepfather do to me or let my brother do to me or my sister, all the beatings and the whippings and the rape? That's my mother. Despite all of this hard you know, hard knock life, childhood. She had dreams. And at the age of five, she said she wanted to be a model. And she started lip syncing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. Uh, obviously the song from Gentleman for Prefer Blondes. And she said she wanted to be Marilyn Monroe, like not just like Marilyn Monroe. She really did have this obsession with Marilyn Monroe from a very early age. I mean, I feel like a lot of troubled girls <laughs> kind of have that Marilyn Monroe obsession. Well, Lindsay Lohan also had the Marilyn Monroe right. obsession. Yeah. And I feel like there's a reason she appeals to girls and women Yeah, uh, for sure. Absolutely. But Anna Nicole was not quite there yet. She did grow to be 5'11", which is very tall, and she was really flat chested. Really? She had uh, dishwater blonde hair. and I mean, obviously she's an attractive looking girl, but she's not who you think of as you know, the model that sort of the playboy playmate model that we all sort of first saw. Uh, she was actually bullied in school for being, according to her, mannish. And she would beat the shit out of them when she got bullied. So when she was 15, her mom had kind of had enough of her and sent her to live with her aunt and uncle in a literal shack in a, in a town called Mexi. Oh, I, I spelled this wrong. I know Mexica, Texas, which I think is just north of Houston. She drops out of high school Uh, And then she gets a job at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken. I remember (laughs) this. That's where she meets Billy Wayne Smith, who was 16 years old at the time, and he worked the fry basket. (laughs) They were married within a few months, and at the age of 19, she gave birth to Daniel Wayne, who was born on January 2nd, 1986. Shortly after giving birth to Daniel, she was in a car, leaving her husband, heading back to Houston, and according to her, he had been abusive towards her. So she's now separated from her husband, and she's taking jobs at Walmart and Red Lobster. On her way home one night, she spots a sign off the freeway. It's a woman in a bikini and a high heels, and she goes into this establishment seeking a waitressing position. Uh, there was no waitressing position available but they invited her to audition to be a dancer and they loaned her a g-string to give a <laughs> give a try out on stage was it
1: a used g-string yes.
0: oh uh it's a reinforced g-string what does that mean like extra tough for your extra tough butthole. i guess if you're dancing a lot you want that strip to be strong <laughs> <laughs> i don't know
1: a reinforced g-string yeah Can someone please explain yes. to us what that means i didn't
0: know that It's not like some of them are Velcro. Right. They would pop open when you squat or something. I have no idea. I'm not a G-string expert. She's awful on stage. She's not a dancer. And she's probably, look, I'm pretty clumsy and not very coordinated too. And she's really tall. So I'm guessing she has that element of being kind of gangly and awkward, maybe. She also has small breasts and she's very self-conscious about that. But they offer a day shift nonetheless um and she quickly kind of takes off she's this you know the place is called Gigi's and she sort of becomes popular because she is so awkward and natural and sort of she has a charisma to her which I can see like yeah uh so because of she's because of this attention she's getting, she starts be, to become more confident. She starts crimping her hair, <laughs> buying sexy clothes. Her mom is babysitting Daniel for her now, which I find completely crazy considering what she said about her mom, that she would leave her child. But you know what? She's, like, very young, and she probably doesn't have anyone else. How old is she at this point? 18? Yeah. Oh, she might be 19. Yeah, 19. she's young. Yeah, she... Um, starts having sex with like multiple men and she also is having sex with women she uh, most women who knew her thought she was a lesbian but she was not I don't know if she considered herself bisexual or she just fucked whatever I always
1: I always considered her a bi icon put her on the
0: list oh you did okay so Rachel Rachel spoke that's what we go (laughs) Um, and she started partying really hard like for instance one time she woke up on Christmas morning, in the floor of an apartment, naked with another dancer, the tree knocked over and vomit was everywhere. Sounds like fun. I mean, that's very Don Davenport. It is. <laughs> Not it on Christmas. Not Dawn. on Christmas. So uh, one day at work, she gets offered a pill called Xanax. <laughs> she was taking it to help her relax. So that's sort of her first foray into pills. And if you know anything about her story, you know that that becomes a much bigger deal later in her life. She liked Xanax and... She started taking Valium and benzodiazepine. Uh, So those are pills she kind of always had on her and was taking regularly. So regularly, in fact, one night she was dancing and she fell off stage and crashed into a customer. (laughs) That just seems like high comedy to me. Totally. Like, I don't like that she's taking too many drugs, but I love the idea that some fucking pervy guy just got crushed by a five eleven woman. And he's like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, So she does... Start making a lot of money, and she saves up to make one of her first dreams come true, and that's to get massive tits, Rachel. She gets 42 double D implants, and she actually, her tits are so big, they have two implants on each side and three pints of fluid each. So it's at Gigi's that she will eventually meet the man who changes her life forever, J. Howard Marshall II. He comes into Gigi's about October of 1991. Now, he is an 86-year-old man. He's in a massive state of mourning in a very bad way. His staff actually think he's suicidal at this time. Uh, His assistant, who is like a friend slash driver, which is like something I feel like a lot of rich people have, (laughs) right, (laughs) named Dan Manning, he says to him at one point, like, hey, I've been thinking, maybe it's time for you to find a new young lady. And so Jay Howard agrees with him, and they pull up in their, you know, fucking Mercedes into this fucking rinky-dink strip club named Gigi's. Manny actually pushes Jay Howard into his wheelchair into the strip club. (laughs) wow that's how old and feeble this i mean you probably remember pictures look of i've seen pictures of him and he he is no spring chicken i mean he's like a hard 86 like he's like i feel like there are people who are 86 who are still spry he is not that person no um he's like i mean i hate to be mean but it's like crip keep like he looks almost dead look already. he looked like he was 150 <laughs> even when he was 86 it's bad so the spotlight kicks up <laughs> And Anna... Okay, this killed me. She comes out to do her signature dance. Now, Rachel, you might have seen my tweet, so this won't be a surprise, but can you guess what her signature dance was to? No. Lady in red.
1: Stop (laughs) it. That is so cheesy. She comes
0: out in a spaghetti-strapped red dress. You know the song. Never seen you looking so gorgeous as you did tonight. That's what she strips to, Rachel. That is insane to me. I
1: have a thing about hilariously bad strip dance songs
0: right that's definitely one of them i know i love thinking of that too like like the funny songs to strip to and right i, I would say this would be it's a top time like i never even thought of it it's so cheesy like it's so it's like there's nothing sexy about that song I just can't even imagine stripping to it. It's crazy, but I bet you she thought it was very artistic. So she's there. She t- you know at some point her dress slips off and her huge tit, her huge new tits come out. And Jay Howard sprung up in his wheelchair. <laughs> I'm sorry. He did not. He sprung up in his wheelchair. Did he do like the aruga? Yeah, it was like aruga. It was an old fashioned horn. He lifts his hands up and no. squeezes them. No, and he smiles according to this guy, manning his driver for the driver. first time in- <laughs> for me like when i was reading this story from this guy it reminded me of grandpa in texas chainsaw massacre
1: with the hammer <laughs> like, hitting the
0: hammer and he's smiling uh, and uh. everyone's like grandpa go grandpa go grandpa. with the finger doesn't
1: yes. he suck a finger it's so
0: like it reminds me of just uh. that gleeful grandpa because <laughs> jay howard kind of looks at like that guy he, like he kind of looks like him just like very feeble trying to hit touch the breast Anyway, uh, she agrees after that to see him outside of work. They meet up in a hotel and have room service together. And she's, you know, while she's meeting in, with him, she's like, "I'm sorry, but I have to go. I have to go to work." He hands her an envelope with $10 100 hundred dollar bills and says, "Don't go to work, my lady love. You don't have to ever go back to work." <laughs> so, sorry. Wow. Um, so obviously, she's a single mom. She's a high school dropout. Uh, she is stripping but she has dreams of having a bigger career or something else yeah. bigger happening in her life so she agrees to it she his his driver gives him a warning about not falling in love and and jay howard says to him it might be too late for that so he's like instantly in love with her like he is like madly in love with her now this driver is concerned by this really <laughs> so he calls up uh, Jay howard's son who is named pierce and pierce is immediately like we can't let this happen um now they had been down this road before with another woman oh i'll give you a little bit of uh, background on Jay howard right now he had lived quite a life up until this point he went to yale he had worked in the department of the interior with, under eisenhower he eventually becomes an oil man and he had a minority interest in cock industries wait wait cock Industries, like the the co- Coke brothers. Oh, the Coke, Coke brothers. What is that? Cock. <laughs> I think, Wait. I think they're like- <laughs> Look, I try to be serious. I try.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I-, I-, <laughs> I love that you think it's pronounced cock. Oh my God. I don't know why I think that. Because when you say Coke, I was like, oh yeah, it's Coke. But I think I always say it cock in my head. The cock industries. Desi Desi
1: also has an interest in the cock industries. I'm
0: also a minority shareholder. So in 1961, he divorced his first wife, who is the mother of his two sons. And he marries a woman named Betty. And they actually have a great relationship, but she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the 80s. And to sort of get over his wife's Alzheimer's diagnosis, he starts. That's when he starts going to what he calls titty bars. Uh, he calls them titty yes, bars? Yes. I'm sorry. I hate
1: when men call them And that's them titty actually
0: bars. in an affidavit that he calls them titty bars.
1: <clears throat> there, I know I've said this before either on Eating Pie or on this show, but if you're a man. Do not call them titties in my presence. (laughs) I will fucking slap you. That's pretty
0: gross. Um, So it was at one of these titty bars that he meets a 42-year-old brunette named Jewel Diane Walker, or simply Lady Walker, as her stage name was. And she was performing a strip routine with her 18-year-old daughter. Stop it. (laughs) Yes. What town is this? Somewhere in Texas. I'm guessing Houston. So... He immediately falls in love with this woman. Propo- um, he proposes to her that she be his mistress because he is still married, even though his wife is suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, he basically has this mistress. He like goes out on the town with her. It's like a very public thing. He doesn't right. hide it at all. He buys her Rolls Royces. He buys her jewelry. He gives her an annual salary, and then he says, in the event of his death, he will take care of her. As for as long as she lives. So, I mean, this woman has so much money at this point, she wears nails that are 14-karat gold. Like, she what? gets, like, nails put on. I don't know about nails, but whatever. So, in July of 1991, during a facelift procedure, 51-year-old now, Lady Walker suffers complications from a congenital brain defect and dies. <gasps> Jay Howard, at the time, called her death the most tragic thing that ever happened to me. He spent fifty-two thousand dollars on her funeral, and within two months, his wife Betty died from Alzheimer's. Fifty-two thousand dollars. Yeah, on what? Right? What did he spend that on? Was there like I don't know? Did like, solid share gold, perform? Co- solid gold coffin? Like <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so it was at that point that I mentioned earlier that he's in this deep state of mourning when he goes to Gigi's and meets Anna Nicole, like his mistress just died. His wife just died, who he did love despite, you know, having this affair. Like, I don't think he would have had it if she, you know, didn't get sick. So he, um, meets Anna Nicole. He's drinking a ton. He's sleeping a ton. And, and so some people in his life are happy because he does get out of this funk when he meets, um, Vicky Lynn. She's still Vicky Lynn at this point. Um, Pierce the son actually drives down to Dallas to kind of appraise or apprise the uh, relationship and over dinner he warns his father about the financial jeopardy he's placing himself in by hooking up with this you know stripper or whatever Uh, he appeals to him you know like how could you sleep with someone who's young young enough to be your granddaughter da 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 but Jay Howard is like fucking obsessed with Vicky and he's not hearing any of his son's you know, reasoning behind why it's a bad idea.
1: I remember the son
0: hating
1: this situation. Oh my
0: God. The son, well, we're going to talk a lot more about him. So he tells everyone basically in his life, how, how in love he is with Vicky, his secretary congratulates him. Uh, He keeps asking his secretary all the time. Do you think Vicky Lynn will marry me? She says, sure. Why not? I'll marry you. I mean, it's just kind of like, everyone's sort of like, yeah. Uh, so at this point, I think she was still dancing slightly and he like makes her stop dancing permanently. He buys her a Mercedes convertible. He takes her to Harry Winston. He buys her $2 million worth of jewelry. He even puts her on his oil company payroll as like a salaried employee. Um, he gives her credit cards and he says he'll teach her how to spend money. That must be a great, I would love for someone to say that to me. me, teach me how to spend money. So, she's also very they're in a very public relationship she goes with meals to him at at the country club or his favorite restaurant red lobster stop
1: it (laughs) yes i love when obscenely rich people like their favorite restaurant is i feel like that would be me
0: like if i was insanely rich i'd be like let's go to soup plantation and get whatever the fuck we want like just like go crazy i mean i'm still gonna love del taco absolutely She, at this point, a friend of hers who was a bodybuilder, spots an ad in a Houston fitness magazine looking for models for Playboy. Now, Vicky is reluctant to go to this open call audition, um, but she does show up for a test shoot. She's terrified to take her clothes off, even though she's a stripper. Uh, She finally does, and the photographer snaps Polaroids of her And obviously she's very beautiful. Like she doesn't have professional hair and makeup. She, she has this beautiful face, but he is worried because she is like a larger girl. She's not like model thin. I don't think she ever was even at her thinnest for guests. She was kind of like, she was, uh, curvy. she, She was considered curvy. Right. Fashion wise, fashion wise. Um, she also had a lot of stretch marks on her breast, so Playboy were worried about that, as if they don't fucking Photoshop everything they death. Right. <laughs> I mean, come like, on. whatever. Um, so, despite all that, he really saw something in her. He sent it to the photo editors in LA, and they fly her out to Los Angeles. This is her first time ever on an airplane. Uh, they take more test shots there, and a few months later, she appears in Playboy's on Playboy's March 1992, 1992 cover, styled as a debutante. She's wearing like a dark green dress and gold silk like silk gloves i actually saw the cover um it's pretty funny considering <laughs> what we know about her that they would sort of debutante her up i guess right. because she was from texas they kind of she's played the up southern southern, southern texas debutante it's incredible that she her first time in playboy she
1: immediately gets the cover right that's that's pretty big deal
0: um two months later she's the may centerfold Now, it was at this point that Paul Marciano, who is the president of Guess Jeans, notices her. He flies to Houston to meet her, and Vicky had never even heard of Guess. Whoa. She didn't even know what that was. She wrote in her diary at the time that she feared um, Marciano would think she was fat. Oh, That's so sad. Or that he would just want to fuck her, like that it wasn't a legit thing. But despite all of that, he offered her a contract and she was going to take over for, for Claudia Schiffer, right. who had basically became a household name from her guest campaign. She's taking over for Claudia Schiffer. This is a major fucking ad campaign. She's not even a model at all at right. this point, except for the Playboy thing. Um, he is the one who changes her name. She suggests Anna Anna Smith, and he said, let's add Nicole. So he that's how they came up with her name, Anna Nicole Smith. So... In her first test shot for guests it's a black and white image of her lying in hay with like a straw dangling from her mouth that's sort of the first image that becomes the start of that campaign with her and it becomes instantly like an iconic uh, image I did look at all these pictures from that guest campaign and they are they're pretty iconic great. yeah um, she kind of I feel like some of it's Marilyn, but some of it's also Jane Mansfield. Like, it kind of goes back and forth.
1: There's a lot of Mansfield in there.
0: Right, because the, some of them, she had, like, a more country vibe, which reminded me of Marilyn and, like, Giant or something like that. And then there was definitely, like, more of a Jane Mansfield vibe to some of the pictures um, they were for, all, for me. They were all very a nod to, like, old Hollywood yeah, cheesecake glamour. Yeah, the Claudia Schiffer ones really were just Bridget Bardot. Like, yes. there wasn't a fluctuation, in my opinion. I mean, this is, like, six months ago, she's, you know, dancing topless at a seedy strip club. And now she's, like, basically the most famous model in the world. Like, she was pretty, like, famous at this point when that guest campaign launched. Everyone was like, who the hell is she? Like, right. Jay Howard was very supportive of all of her career stuff. He was very proud of her. He formed her a company. He rented her Marilyn Monroe's bungalow in Los Angeles, and he bought her a house in Brentwood. He also got her an apartment in New York. This guy's fucking rich. He was a billionaire. I mean, that must be fucking nice. Wasn't he a billionaire? (laughs) I think he was close to it. I'm not quite sure, but it's like almost a billion if it's not. Uh, But back then, that probably in today's money would be over a billion, right? So, I mean, she's living a fucking rich life. Like he he actually outside of, he buys her a home in houston as well oh my god and he has arabian horses and livestock for her there because she wanted to uh cuddle with sheep i want
1: look <laughs> Seriously. i i w- if i had unlimited money i would probably have a little farm too because i fucking love sheep i think they're so cute right
0: he gives her at Christmas a hundred and seven thousand dollar diamond, yellow diamond ring, and he asks her to marry him. Uh, and this is, I think, maybe a few, he's already done this a few times. She keeps saying that she needs to focus on her career, and. Uh, She wants to provide for her son like in his future, which is funny to me because it's like, bitch, (laughs) that's all the money you need, but sure. Okay. In her diary, she wrote at the time, I hate for men to want sex all the time. I hate sex anyway. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, She does fuck around on Jay Howard, by the way, and he seems to be fine with it because they're not having sex. Oh, they're not having sex. Uh, No, I'll get into a little bit what they're doing. So in spring of 1994, She returns home. She had a bad experience in Singapore where she got like mobbed by a crowd, like some kind of scary uh, experience. And she returns home to Houston. He proposes again. And this time uh, she agrees. So we've all seen these pictures. Yes. Uh, June 27th, 1994. They get married at the White Dove Wedding Chapel. He's in his wheelchair wearing a white tuxedo. At this point, he's 89 and Anna Nicole is 26 she's wearing honestly one of the most embarrassing wedding dresses I've ever seen in my life it's not a good look I hadn't seen the pictures in so long but when I saw it I was like Anna <laughs> like that looks like off the rack <laughs> like totally the puffy princess but like cheap like I- I'm shocked. I was shocked. I was like wouldn't you get like a Marilyn Monroe or something like it was like big
1: I was honestly shocked at that wedding dress because of all the money that they had it looked so dowdy and so like it didn't look like it
0: even fit her it doesn't it even look didn't iron fit. like it was insane it did not look. F- it did not fit properly so she walks down the aisle of white rosebud he tries to stand at the wedding and apparently his legs buckle um when he's supposed to kiss the bride she like leans down to kiss him white doves are released into the sky after <laughs> after like the the they're pronounced man and wife. I mean, it's a tacky wedding. When you look at the wedding pictures too, there's like literally no one there. Like, right. Right. It, it's crazy. It was empty. I mean, I would
1: like love to go to a wedding like that. Honestly. Oh, me
0: too. So unfortunately she has to leave immediately after they get married. Cause she is doing a photo shoot in New York. Um, she leaves and her husband is crying in his wheelchair. Oh, he's going to miss her. <laughs> it's, so sad. it's really sad. She apparently like blows kisses and leaves. Uh, and there's claims that she leaves with a bodyguard and that they have sex that night after her wedding. I don't know. <laughs> look, I mean, it's kind of hot. you got to consummate your wedding somehow. <laughs> 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 no one said it had to be your husband.
1: <laughs> I was thinking of your old cock the whole time. Um, okay,
0: this wedding was a very big tabloid store. People went the fuck off on it because it was crazy. Like, Right. I mean, and look, like that is something we have
1: judged on the show are these extreme age gaps between older men and younger women my question always is what do you have in common what are you thinking right hooking up with a woman who's so much younger than you what are your motives i right. i have severe trust issues around that right
0: this this one is so extreme though that it's almost I don't have any of the things I normally have when it's like a 45-year-old with a 20-year-old. Right. Do you know what I mean? This is like almost, I don't want to say comical. Yeah, I was going to say that too. But it's like there's something about it where it's like, I don't it's know. Like so he, absurd. it's so absurd that I don't feel like there's the same thing with a fifty-year-old and a nineteen-year-old that I do with this. He's like a ninety-year-old man. She's in control of this situation. Well, like, that's. Do you the, know what I mean? Well, that's a key difference. Well, that's where
1: it sort of the narrative sort of changes is when you have a woman who is so much younger with such an older guy who's like a grandpa age. Right. Then the narrative shifts to oh, she's money grubbing, yeah, yeah, and she's taking advantage of him. I think
0: the thing. I didn't know when this story initially broke was how long their relationship had had been going on before they got married. What year did they get married again? Um, it was in 1994. Okay. So I just didn't realize that. The, I literally thought it was like a shotgun. I didn't know that they had been together sort of off and on or whatever you wanted to say for a while. So as I said, this was a huge tabloid story. One funny joke I saw was David Letterman did a top 10 Anna Nicole dating tips. And number ten was forget the personal ads. <laughs> Try the intensive care unit. I'm sorry, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because that's how old he was. <laughs> Look, and like we said before, he was a hard eighty-six. Yeah. So and that he's eighty-nine at this point. So they were together like three years yeah. before this happened. So this does nothing bad for her. Like she gets even more well-known. Like she, and this is when she does these movies. Like I said, to, uh, like you mentioned before the naked gun 33 and a third and the Hudsucker proxy. Um, Her and Jay Howard are talking about starting a family and consult a fertility specialist. Well, you're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> now here's something very creepy that I read around the time that the Hudsucker proxy came out. She finally meets her dad for the first time. She hasn't seen her dad since she was basically born. Like he has been out of her life now because she had, she's famous as anna nicole smith he flies out to la to meet her and when he meets her he goes oh my god i've looked at you in playboy no isn't that the creepiest fucking thing you can say to no. your daughter like dude just keep it to your fucking self oh. <laughs> that like grossed me out for some reason
1: like especially like the nerve like you're trying to like build a, a supposedly build some kind of relationship like, you just can't not say that right it's gross to me like
0: fuck i don't like that, that guy. fucking dad he's gross so look and desi knows gross dad look <laughs> i would not accept that from my own father <laughs> i didn't accept that when i was eight i didn't accept it <laughs> come on now back in texas obviously pierce the son is he's freaking the fuck out that his dad married this woman um and he's considerably older than her too yeah pierce is like in his 60s like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like this right. isn't like they're the same age. And like, dad, I want to fuck your my stepmom. It's not like a hot porn fantasy. Oh, right. He's also really old, uh, so he hires like private detectives to follow them around. He does some kind of scheme with his father. He like does something with his will um, where he presents for his father's signature all these documents. But the dad is so fucking out of it. Like it's sort of sketchy what he's doing. The father. I don't know if it's unwittingly or what he relinquishes all control of his state basically to Pierce at this time. Now in December of 1994, Jay Howard starts getting sick, which is, you know, when you're that age, anything is bad. He has some kind of pneumonia at this point. He flies to Los Angeles. He's very infatuated with Anna Nicole. He's calling her all the time and she's just like fucking famous and busy at this point. Uh, So, She still loves him, but I just think she literally is overwhelmed with her life. He arrives at her home, and she's in bed. He wants to join her. He tells his driver, "Just throw me in bed next to her." (laughs) This is all so sad. Oh, she says to him, "Oh no, papa," because she calls him. No, she calls him papa. By the way, (laughs) isn't that if it hasn't gotten creepy enough? (laughs) No, she says, "Oh no, papa. You know you don't get to be in bed with me. You pee the bed." that's it so humiliating this poor guy so he's like visiting her and she's literally just off whatever he gives her a teddy bear for christmas wearing a huge emerald necklace she gives him a nose hair trimmer i'm sorry that is like how do you even that's how would amazing he even, how would you like that's how i don't even think she's mean i think she's like so clueless right because how would he even use it like he, well and also I'm sorry. oh he needs this yeah honey you gotta get papa get those nose ears. <laughs> at some point he because he has constant care at some point there's confusion about who's caring for him he gets left outside in the rain no yes oh my god i know it's like it's like comically horrible like, right it's insane so he returns to texas and he's really sick at this point. Like his pneumonia obviously got worse because he was like out in the rain. Anna does come to visit him in January and she stays with him through the night, spooning him chicken soup and like taking care of him. Despite the fact that he was only supposed to be fed through a tube, she's spooning chicken broth in his mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> like he's being fed in a tube and she's like pouring liquid down his throat. Yeah. And, you know, God bless her. God bless so, her. So at some point he begins choking on this food uh, and she becomes hysterical he le- he loses consciousness and is revived en route to the hospital now obviously his son is not happy about what's going on here yeah. he assumes temporary guardianship, guardianship of his father and cuts her off completely forwarding all of her bills to her now so he's been paying all of her fucking enormous bills which I think was something like six figures a month wait he takes basically he takes guardianship of his father cuts her off because he's paying all these bills so he right. starts forwarding her bills to her house in brentwood like you pay these fucking bills she starts freaking out and but becomes, it's her husband that's her money too i don't know how it works like okay. i don't know but she becomes very desperate at this point because she's spending way more money than she even earns as a model and an actress he gets released from the hospital. She flies back to visit him again. While she's visiting him, she takes off her shirt and bra and climbs on top of him and shoves her breast in his face. And she says to him, do you miss your rosebuds?" She has a tape recorder in her hand, and she's asking him to repeat out loud his promise to take care of her and her son for the rest of his life. Oh, my God. But he's God. unable to speak. I'm sorry. Because her tits are in his face? No, because he can't speak anymore. Like Oh. He... There's something wrong, like, I don't know, he can't swallow, and he, like... He's fucked up. He's fucked up. Pierce actually hires guards that limit her access to her husband. On August 4th, 1995, he is now sick with stomach cancer, and that's part of why he was unable to swallow. He dies that month. Anna Nicole is in New York when she finds out her husband has died, and she literally has to be hospitalized. Like, she goes into convulsions. She, like, literally has a fucking meltdown, uh, and is hospitalized. Um, a court appointed intermediary brokers the two funerals because they both want to have their own funeral. Pierce wanted to just cremate his dad, which was actually Jay Howard's wish. So her funeral took place before his now at the funeral, she has harp music as his body is in a casket. It's covered with white roses and lilies. And there's a banner over it that reads from your lady love. She wore her wedding dress and veil to the funeral <laughs> i'm saying <laughs> and daniel wore the white tuxedo that he wore to the wedding uh, aren't, as well. the, aren't there images of this funeral there might be i did not particularly look up this it was like on my list of. i one could of be wrong
1: but i feel like Possibly. maybe i'm just confusing yeah. it with the wedding
0: because they almost <laughs> look the same at some point during the wedding wedding the, the funeral the funeral sorry <laughs> the two of them rose up and they they i don't know if they Wait, play it. the body rose up no the two of them anna nicole and daniel offer him a song and the song is when beneath my ray <laughs> wings sorry, does she Beth sing mother. it please no. oh i don't know if she did but it's it's to honor him and all he's done for them this is the tackiest funeral i've ever <laughs> i mean it's like it's like it, what the wedding it's right. like the funeral equivalent of the wedding so now she's really in fucking trouble because she has no money jay howard's will did not leave her anything. What? He never officially like left her anything. That's I mean, he's probably I don't think it was like intentional, probably just never happened. Well, probably when his son took over. Right, who knows, right? So she's This is where a lot of these court cases start happening. And yeah. these these are happening the rest of her life yeah. basically. I'm going to go into them. I think I've kind of pared it down to be understandable because it's a very fucking complex uh, situation. Anyways, she contests the will in probate court in Harris County in Texas, where they live, um, claiming that Pierce interfered with the will somehow. Now, his brother, Jay Howard III, actually joins her in her case because I think he also got screwed. So they kind of team up against Pierce and um, protest the will This is the case Marshall versus Marshall, um, and this case is so complicated that it doesn't even start for four years because that's how much fucking paperwork and legal blah 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 that all of these people have to get together.
1: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side?
0: Visit betterhelp.com slash HCS today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash HCS. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? Rocket Money has over five million users and has helped save its members an average of seven hundred and twenty dollars a year, with over five hundred million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Around the same time, Anna Nicole is sued by Maria Serrato, who is Daniel's nanny. She claims that Anna Nicole gave her a ton of drugs and alcohol and then had sex with her and then was threatening to fire and deport her if she did not have sex with her. She sought $2 million in damages, and Anna said that it was Maria who took advantage of her sexually. At the same time, she... There's are several lumps in her breast that prompt surgery. She has an infection in, in her implants, so she has emergency uh, surgery. She also has, like, gastrointestinal distress, um, all of this kind of crazy stuff. I read one report that her nipple ruptured <gasps> and, like, was, the implant was, like, leaking out. Like, it sounded very fucked up. This is where she starts taking three times the normal levels of Demerol to get over the pain of this Whatever fucked up thing is happening in her tits. Sorry. The medical term. It's very medical. Uh, So she starts taking Demerol, which is like a really heavy pain killer. She starts missing depositions. The judge rules in in Maria's favor in that suit with the nanny and orders Anna Nicole to pay more than $800,000 to the nanny. Obviously, she does not have that kind of money. Because of that judgment, Anna goes into a downtown Los Angeles courtroom to declare a personal bankruptcy, claiming $9 million in debts. Now E. Pierce Marshall, he, this is, people say this is like one of his biggest mistakes that he made. He files a claim against her bankruptcy, arguing that she owes him damages for slanderous comments she made about him. Now, because he accused her of slander the court was obligated to turn to determine if what he was saying was true and she lied about him so they launch an investigation into their entire history and another discovery process commences that's going to drag it out even more just because he was trying to get some claim on her bankruptcy like because it was was, a stupid petty thing he did there was no reason for it so what did he say that she said i don't know but i think it's just that she changed he changed the will he tricked jay howard that kind of stuff right you know what i mean like that he made his dad do things or he illegally switched the will that kind of stuff so at this point anna is in a small apartment in the valley with her son and she's dating a guy named ray martino who's like a b film director they met while filming a movie called to the limit which is one of anna's movies i have no idea uh, Ray is 20 years older than Anna, but he actually, from everything I read, seems like a great guy. Like, okay. I mean, he seems like he cares. She continues speaking of Papa, t- always talking about how much she loves and misses him. She's um, scared of Pierce the Sun. Like, he really terrifies Anna. And I do feel like she is just this fragile creature. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, I don't think anything she's done is malicious. <laughs> like, I think she's a was a deeply troubled woman. I will say that. Yes. So she's, you know, terrified of all these legal things. They're just like way out of her league. She's not like educated at all. Right. But beyond even that, she doesn't even really have like street smarts. Like we're both uneducated, (laughs) but I would say like, we kind of know things like we've taken care of ourselves. Yeah. She just doesn't even have that like to fall back on. Um, She's taking more and more pills, which does not help with her paranoia. When Ray is preparing to take Daniel to school. One time she's lying in bed, staring at the mirror. I don't want to be here, Ray. I don't want to be alive no more. So he's just always reassuring her. He comes back after dropping, um, Daniel off at school. She's unresponsive. She ends up on a breathing machine in ICU. Like that's like one of her first, uh, overdoses or suicide attempts, um, whatever, which one, whatever one you think. Um, There was even talk that she was permanently brain damaged from that. Like, that's how bad it was. She did recover. Um, Ray persuades her to check into the Betty Ford Clinic, and he calls her mother, Virgie, and she does come and visit uh, Anna Nicole, saying she'll return for Thanksgiving. Um, But on Thanksgiving Day, Virgie called to say she couldn't get off work. According to Anna, her mother will never come to her side until she dies. You'll see. My whole family will come out of the woodwork then, she tells Ray. At that point, she refuses to see her mother ever again. So she is temporarily sober, and she kind of embraces this mini period of sobriety. She starts exercising. She starts plotting her comeback. But within three months of checking out of Betty Ford, this is the night of the 1996 Academy Awards, she telephones Ray from a hotel room completely drugged out. Shortly after that, she has another implant rupture, And so she goes back in for reconstructive surgery and she gets put back on painkillers. It's just, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So throughout all of this, Ray actually is this force that's sort of like a stable, you know, force who's there for the sun mainly like, which is great. Um, They are not making a lot of money though. She was dropped by her agency, William Morris. And that's when she signs with a small legal firm on Rodeo drive with the hopes of relaunching her career, one of the partners is 29-year-old Howard K. Stern. Oh. So that's how they hook up, and obviously he plays a big role in the rest of this story. To no surprise if you know who he is at all, he's very starstruck by her, Yeah, and they immediately forge a very inappropriate client-lawyer relationship, Um, I think. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. If, even if it's not sexual, he's, like, a little too... Immersed in her life, I think, to really help her. So at some point, she actually becomes his only client. On March 10th, 2000, Anna writes a letter to her mother I'm not happy. I've never been happy, really. I'm very lonely, mom. I know how you felt with men. She said that she was alone but for Daniel, who was her pride and joy, and that she recently had a stress-induced miscarriage that nearly killed her. She planned on trying again. I don't love anyone, but I'll find someone just to get pregnant and not let him know. Is that so bad? I don't think so. Men are pigs. She wrote that she wanted to get pregnant before Daniel left her, which is very sad. Um, E. Pierce Marshall was pissed about the bankruptcy court looking into his business, he instructed his lawyers to kind of tie things up as much as possible. When the final, um, sorry, when the trial finally starts in 2000, Anna Nicole is called to the stand of her hus- late husband. She tells the judge, "I don't care what anyone says. I love that man." Um, the the brother, Pierce's brother, testifies also, saying that the father repeatedly told him how he genuinely loved Anna Nicole and that he intended to provide for her after his death. On October 6, 2000, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court judge ruled that Anna Nicole Smith was entitled to $449.7 million from her late husband. He also Wait, $449.7 million. Whoa. Yes. So he was almost worth a billion, right? Right. And he also had, uh, said that the stepson, which I love, <laughs> stepson, should also pay $25 million in punitive damages to Anna Nicole for creating all of this mess the stepson yeah Pierce, Pierce is her stepson was oh that's her, her stepson ste- yeah. oh my, I just right, love right, calling right. the stepson
1: I love that he's like 30 40 years older than her and he's well, her stepson. I've done, I did
0: that to a person I know their mom was like 75 and they married like a 50 year old guy and everyone hated him and I would always be like oh your stepdad and they're like don't call him that. and I was like technically <laughs> he's your stepdad but when they're an adult it's just funny right. like you don't really do those things anymore like now, that's just the bankruptcy proceedings. There's still the, the trial in Houston going on, the probate trial, which is a completely different thing. Oh. Okay. Now, this is hilarious. So Anna has to go on the stand in this probate case um, and they talk, they ask her about her sex life with Jay Howard. This is, oh. okay, you have this, I love her. This is what I've been waiting so for. So she goes on stand and she's like, it wasn't a sexual baby, oh baby, I love, this is her testifying, okay. literal okay. quote. Okay. okay, It wasn't a sexual baby, oh baby, I love your body type of love. It was a deep, thank you for taking me out of this hole. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what she said when yes. you pulled out of her? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she uh, was very confused in the testimony about what words he used, but she would say things like insatiable and voracious. I know I'm a high school dropout, she said, and in court she wore a tight pink T-shirt that was bedazzled with the word spoiled. I'm
1: sorry.
0: Wow. <laughs> I want that shirt, Rachel. <laughs> Can one of our fans make us a bedazzled, spoiled shirt? Can you imagine going to court and testifying wearing that? When you're on trial for being a gold digger, like whatever. I love her. It's incredible. At one point, she starts crying. And the lawyer for Pierce says, Miss Marshall, have you been taking acting lessons? (laughs) lessons, Like as a jerk? From the stand, she responds, screw you, Rusty. (laughs) Wait, Wait, What's the name of the lawyer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to own her, right? And she's like, screw you, Rusty. <laughs> I love like, that she spoiled. <laughs> the whole thing is too much. Like it's literally high comedy. You can't write something funnier <laughs> than that. <laughs> screw you, Rusty. <laughs> I'd i like, just love that she doesn't care that she's in a courtroom like i just love that she's like you're a lawyer and your name is rusty <laughs> yeah, exactly. first of all it's so fucking funny to me so this trial goes on for five months and the jury rules in pierce's favor unanimously Whoa. upholding the will and rejecting Anna nicole and his brother's claim so what about the 400 million okay well that's the bankruptcy judge's ruling the bankruptcy judge ruling asserts That they preempt the Texas probate judge. So Pierce appeals to the U.S. District Court in Southern California, uh, arguing about jurisdiction between who has which 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 case takes precedent over the other case. Right. Um, Because it's basically opposite. rulings. So the district court occur concurs with the bankruptcy court, but it reduces her award to eighty eight million in line with some kind of statements that he had made. About leaving her half the sum of blah, 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 like whatever. Pierce appeals that now to the Ninth Circuit. So in 2002, now as that's going on, 2002, she gets her e-cable channel uh, show, the reality show, the Anna Nicole, what is it? Is it the Anna Nicole Smith show? Yeah. So it's an unscripted, basically just showing her life. I mean, yeah. did you ever watch it? Uh, I watched yeah. it
1: religiously.
0: It's an insane show. Uh, I have
1: thoughts about the show well i don't know if we're oh we should should talk about it now sure
0: because i'm not going to talk about it a
1: ton well look so for anyone this was like in the early days of reality tv yeah this was i mean i would say that the reality tv boom began in 2000 with survivor right so this is two years after survivor and everything at this point is starting to flip to reality TV. Totally. Like it's reality it's just TV is a hit. Because it's, it's cheap. Right. And everyone likes it because it's like real drama. And this
0: is also where these D-list celebrities start getting reality TV gigs. Exactly. Sort of, uh, so, especially on E! Yeah. So Anna Nicole Smith at this point is
1: in her full-blown pill addiction. And right.
0: she's being... She's over really
1: overweight now. She's really overweight. She is... Uh she wears a lot of really over the top tacky outfits on that right. show. She wears a ton of blue eye like she looks like a drag queen. Like her right. her makeup looks like drag makeup. Basically I loved the show and I totally watched it
0: cuz I was fascinated by her. Of all the shows that I would feel guilty watching, this would be the one cuz I right. did feel like, am I supposed to think this is so amusing? Right. I mean to her credit, she does. She has said and I have some quotes. Where people are like, you're being exploited. She's like, I don't care as long as I'm getting paid. Like, She's like, a lot of times I do feel in on the joke, but I do wonder how much can she, I, you know, it's right, like tricky. I think
1: she said that to sort of rationalize it and also Well, you have to wonder
0: how much anyone like that can really be in on it. Here's my take on it.
1: After I got sober, which was four years after the show premiered and she was in the news again, uh, I felt like, whoa that was really fucked up that they made that show and it went on for several years and no one stepped in and said this is a woman who is in trouble right and needs help because if you watch that show you are watching a very
0: very sick woman right in need of help and i think part of the thing was she's so fucking hilarious right you think it's she's okay you know what I mean? It's not like we're just watching someone pass down on the floor. She's funny, and she's, like, sassing people, like, calling right. people out. So I think, like, it made you think she was better off than she was. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is, like, I think there was a point where I was like, oh, wait a minute. I mean, like, it, it did become, like, a train wreck. Like, I feel like it was a very... Like, now, in hindsight, like... Oh, yeah, definitely. As a sober woman, I feel like it was a very unethical show to make. Right. Well, now, her sonnet.
0: I was against it from the start. He didn't and want it he obviously. He
1: would appear on the show and he would just look
0: mortified on that show. Right. This is like a deal that Howard brokered for her. He was sort of like the one who put this all together. Uh because they've started becoming so close, people started saying are are you guys together and anna would always be like gross (laughs) which i'm sure had to feel great (laughs) and howard was like became famous because of that show right and they were also on because i was a big howard stern fan at the time she was always on that show with howard k stern this show became the most watched show in e-history at the time i mean as rachel said she's literally like slurring her words she's crawling on the floor she farts she burps (laughs) i mean she's like fucking all out on this show um the tagline of the show was it's not supposed to be funny it just is which comes off super bad after the fact (laughs) um people at the time were calling it exploitive like this is not an after the fact thing like while it was happening people like thought it was obscene and exploitive i thought this story i'm gonna tell you rachel because it made me laugh i'm sorry i have i i can't help myself there was an episode where there was an eating <laughs> competition and she the competition was that she was gonna eat a whole pizza and an order of manicotti <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, why? wait just one order of
0: manicotti <laughs> I'm sorry a whole pizza and an order of manicotti I love it. it's just one order yeah. so she eats it and then I guess she goes to take a bathroom break and Howard accuses her of vomiting <laughs> and she says if you can't trust me what the fuck are you doing in my life and then outside the restaurant she couldn't let it go and she says am I going to be able to say this I don't know if I can as a matter of fact <laughs> I went in there and took a shit. How about that? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, forgive me for laughing, but that's pretty funny. It's iconic. That is fucking crazy. Oh my god.
1: Do you remember? That's where everyone met. Bobby Trendy was on that. Yes. (laughs) Oh my god. I
0: completely forgot about him. him? Of course, he was amazing. I haven't thought of him in so long. (laughs) oh my god yeah so so he was like i was like this is like the definition of a hanger on like he has zero talent (laughs) like the thing about the thing that was so great
1: about bobby trendy is like anna nicole was always shopping on that show right like she and so he was like this interior designer guy right and his shit was so tacky and so over the top at his store it was like gigantic fucking like leopard print couches with, right like it's like his on only it.
0: quiet is anna nicole smith <laughs> like <laughs> right, right. no one else would want Who any else of is this
1: buying this stuff
0: so as i said daniel found the whole thing whore. he i mean if you watch the show you can tell this guy he's is like not, not into, it. into it at the time he's at north hollywood high school uh and right before the show starts he very wisely asked to be homeschooled um apparently a classmate approached him and people were like dude your mom is so fucked up what's she Ugh, on like people were already sort of making awful. fun of him for his mom's antics um at this point she uh makes an appearance on howard stern show sorry um and stern really lays into her about her weight he calls Ugh. her a big fat porker as soon as she walks into the studio he he urges her to step on a scale and he guesses her weight at 300 pounds and she leaves the interview in tears so like that yeah
1: look here's the thing I know we've like talked about Howard Stern before on the show briefly but like I like grew up with Howard Stern just in the background of my life but even as like a small like girl listening to his radio show and like watching his show on E like late night Uh like I was always so fucking horrified at what an outward misogynistic prick he was. Yes. And people would always give me the excuse, oh, but he's actually really a good guy, IRL, and he's like, he really loves his wife. Like, people would always say that to me whenever I would call him out, like, to people. And maybe that's true. And I do think he does have a good heart as, like, a person. But I, he did put a lot of that shit out there into the universe and made it okay for other people Right. To talk down to sex workers and to talk down to uh, women and talk about women's weight. And like,
0: I honestly feel like for me, it's like when he got someone like Anna Nicole, some of the women would be like, fuck you, you fucking old gross. You know what I mean? Like when it was people standing up for themselves, I could take it more. It's not as cute to me anymore. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) And I don't know if it's just because time happened and those things became less appropriate. At this point in 2005, the U.S. Court of Appeals finally overturned the lower court appeal, basically agreeing with Pierce that they had overstepped their bounds. At this point, Anna Anna Nicole's lawyers petitioned the U.S. Supreme Court. I forgot about this. They petitioned the Supreme court that fall. She's in Vermont to shoot a B movie called illegal aliens when she's like getting ready or having her makeup done. Um, how, Howard Stern r- bursts into the room and he says, the Supreme Court will hear your case. <laughs> Howard K. Stern. Howard K. Stern, yeah. <clears throat> so they're going to Washington to the Supreme Court. I oh. love this because it's like... it's and Mrs. Like a, Smith goes yeah. to Washington. It's literally <laughs> yeah, it's Mrs. It's literally that. It's yeah. like the porn parody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so February twenty eighth, two 2006, Anna, her son Daniel, who is now 20 years old, and Howard K. Stern arrive at the Supreme Court. Paparazzi are there, obviously... Flashing a ton of photos, and Anna is like slurring her speech, and she's like, "Respect the court, please. Respect the court." Is this when she's trim spa skinny? Yes, she's very skinny here. I'm gonna get into the trim spa in a a little bit because it's around the same time as trim spa, which I've been saying all week long. Trim spa, baby. (laughs) She's not she's like people described her as barely literate and she could not understand much of what was happening in the court proceedings. To be honest, I would be the same way. Um, I mean, it's funny just for me to read the Supreme Court justices. Justice Breyer said it's quite a story. She's saying I just want some money from this guy. Justice Souter also said that's all she's saying. I'll assume the will is valid. Just give me some money. Pierce's spokespeople are telling reporters Anna Nicole Smith is not the brightest light bulb in the fixture. She's like in courtroom crying, completely overwhelmed by all of the proceedings. Uh, and she's also claiming that just hearing about her husband gets her upset and emotional. On May 1st, 2006, the Supreme Court unanimous, unanimously decided in favor of Smith. Ba- I'm sorry, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the opinion. I'm sorry. Wait, what did Ruth say? I didn't read the opinion. But the decision was not to give her money, but it was that she was allowed to continue to pursue it because at some point the probate court, I guess it was over, so now she's back to, you know, the Supreme Court rule in her favor, right? So that's good. And as Rachel mentioned, she, at this point she had lost 69 pounds on a diet pill called Trim Spa, and she looked. Thin. This was like her thinnest she ever was. Ever like she did not even look when healthy. she was guest modeling she was not this thin no her face looks different like yes i I did look at pictures of her at the supreme court and that is when she had that like she looked gaunt so um she you know she she was on conan o'brien she called it the playmate diet um or no i'm sorry she now is talking about trim spa but like back in the day when she was on the playmate diet she used to say i'm on the playmate diet and people would ask what it was and she'd be like fried chicken <laughs> sign me so up so she went from that to like being on tri- like talking about trim spa and she um, would there would be these commercials that oh would my play. god they played all they played the on time. eve like for her show too yeah right? and she eventually gets sued with trim spa really yeah it's a class action lawsuit alleging that their marketing was false like it was you know like i don't know what trim spa was look trim spas was speed was it speed Uh it's not around anymore no so she's having a lot of uh appearances at this point that are kind of fucked up the vmas in november of 2004 she appears at the american music awards to introduce kanye west oh it's
1: the american music awards Well, there's a
0: few so
1: but the kanye one is the one i'm thinking of yeah
0: so she's once again showing up with slurred speech and like acting weird during the appearance, she threw her arms up and said, like my body. Uh, and she talks about trim spa, I think. Yeah. On the show, which became kind of a running joke the rest of the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've never watched that show. In March 2005, she's at the first MTV Australian um, Video Music Awards and she spoofed Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction or whatever you want to call it. And she revealed both of her breasts, which were covered with the MTV logo. Now, it is around this time that she starts dating a new guy, Larry Burkhead. Uh, He is a photographer from Kentucky. If you've seen him, he has... Frosted blonde, like, he's gross. He's really gross. Uh, and she tells him that she thinks that they would make a beautiful baby together. Just a few months after they meet, Larry moves into her Studio City house, and Howard lives there too. By the way, I'm sorry. Just to make matters worse, he sleeps on a couch in the living room below their bedroom. So sad. he doesn't even get his own room. I know he doesn't even get his own room, and it's like an open living room, like where the second floor looks down. He, uh, Daniel enrolls into Valley Community College, but he's not really uh, doing that well. He's doing uh, poorly in class. He's cutting school. And for the first time, him and his mom are very estranged. Like they're fighting a ton and they've always been very close. Anna becomes pregnant and miscarries. And then she becomes pregnant again, but she's doing a lot of drugs. uh, And that's something that her and Larry fight a lot about. Larry, um, begins dumping her pills down the toilet whenever she's not home, which was something that Daniel used to do as well, which is so sad to me. One day, she couldn't find her bottle of methadone, and she gets violent with Larry, um, accusing him of disposing of it. Uh, they actually take take out the surveillance tapes and review the sur- surveillance tape that she had installed throughout the house so that they could see what happened. And it was actually Daniel had come back oh. in her home and thrown it out, which oh. is, like, really sad. Yeah. Four months into her pregnancy, she finally becomes paranoid about her baby's health and ceases all medication, which is probably not also the best thing. She enters severe withdrawal and is admitted to Cedar sinai Hospital. A psychiatrist suspected that she suffered from borderline personality disorder. So it's kind of hard to believe this is the first time she's getting any kind of psychological diagnosis, right. almost. Like, so the hospital room is quite a scene. Larry and Howard are both sort of like... You know, I'm in charge, you know, that kind of thing. Larry later accuses Howard of giving her additional drug out of a bag that the hospital wasn't giving her. Right. He said that Anna's in the hospital. She's preparing her baby book. uh, And there was a spot for where the father to record his thumbprint. And she she summoned both Howard and Larry over. And she uh, pressed Larry's in and said Howard was the uncle. Like, whatever. Now, she leaves the hospital Uh, She goes right to her, you know, regular doctor who prescribes all the medication she just detoxed from. Whoa. She and Larry continue fighting and she gets him out of her life. He leaves and later talks about her in the press, which makes her even more furious with him. Daniel has become even even more unstable. He begins drinking. Um, At some point, Howard mocks him for being a virgin. That's insane to me. stupid. But it's all worth it because Daniel says to him, I don't know why you're worried about me. You've been around my mom for 12 years now and haven't had any pussy either. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, Daniel. Um, He destroys his bedroom one night in a fit of anger. And that's where he... Who uh, does? Daniel. Okay. I guess he still has a room there. I don't know what he's doing. But at that point, he goes to Ray Martino and lives with him, the Uh, ex-boyfriend. Well, that was like his only real father figure. I know. That's what I said. Like, he seems like a good guy. I don't really know anything about him. He could have a million domestic violence charges. I have no idea. Based on this, it seemed like he was there for this kid. On June 20th, 2006... E. Pierce Marshall, at the age of sixty-seven, dies of an infection. Oh, so that guy dies, but his wife resolves to continue his crusade. Dude, give it up, bitch. Right? <laughs> like, give the give her fucking fifty million dollars, like, right. and shut her up. Like, you're still gonna get almost a billion dollars. Like, what the fuck? Like, why would you do this? And, and how so, much
1: in lawyers' fees
0: are they? Seriously, paying? just like, give her. Honestly, she probably would have taken ten million. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, it's insane to me. But it's like he had some petty bug up his fucking ass about her. Right, for sure. That summer, Anna Nicole and Howard go live in a friend's gated white house um, on New Providence Island in the Bahamas, which is like a block from the sea. She says she moves there to get away from all the press, um, and she wants to give birth there, and that's where she declares that Howard K. Stern is the baby's father, so she could... To, you know, Larry Burkhead was making paternity claims, so she just wanted to get rid of him. She's yeah. like, no, Howard K. Stern is the, the dad. I remember this whole I period very clearly. I like, do. It too. was such a big story. Who's the dad? Who is right. it? Daniel stays in California. Uh he is concerned for his mother and contacts a private investigator. And he's worried that Howard is isolating her and and kind of helping her or or encouraging her drug use or like right a, 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 like well, aiding her enabling to get, enabling. Thank you, thank you, Rachel. <laughs> At some point, the detective asks for money, and Daniel doesn't have it, so he doesn't have the private eye anymore. Uh, Mid July, he's with Ray, and he starts crying. I hate this. I hate my life. He punches Ray, and he screams, like he just is like losing his shit. He says he feels things crawling on his skin. He's just in a bad fucking way. He gets admitted for a psychological evaluation and he is diagnosed with depression and anxiety on September 7th, 2006, sorry, 2006 Ray gets a phone call that Anna Nicole has had her baby girl, um, Danny Lynn. By the time Daniel flies to, uh, to where she is in the Bahamas, Uh, He gets there at 1025 p.m. Howard picks him up at the airport and takes him to the hospital. Apparently, Daniel at this point has lost a ton of weight. Security cameras capture Daniel and Howard smiling as they get into the hospital. He enters the room and he sees his mom and his baby sister. Howard takes pictures of the three of them in bed together, smiling. And like those pictures get sold for six hundred and fifty hundred, whatever, six hundred and (laughs) fifty hundred thousand dollars
1: six hundred and six six
0: hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> thank you why couldn't i do that i'm sorry i'm really like coming down with something no it's I'm okay. doing my best uh <laughs> that was really dumb here i am judging anna nicole uh that night in the hospital howard makes a bed for himself on the floor so daniel um can lie on like the you know they have the a like, chair thing yeah. or whatever he says he's having trouble sleeping. So that's why Howard offers him like the more comfortable comfortable position. Um they watch TV together. She wakes up several times throughout the night and Daniel helps walk her to the bathroom. Um at 6:20 a.m. A nurse noted that Daniel was helping reposition his mom in the bed. It was just after 9:30 a.m. Uh when Howard was asleep in the other bed. The baby is asleep in her like little bassinet next to the um mother's bed. Anna and Daniel now are lying together in her bed. She opens up her eyes and touches Daniel, and that's where she screams for Howard. Doctors and staff respond. Anna is hysterical at this point. They try to move her from the bed. She stays there with Daniel as they're doing chest compressions on him. An anesthesiologist inserts a tube down his throat and notes the absence of a pulse and the coolness of Daniel's skin. There were shouts for various drugs. IVs were inserted. He's connected to monitors. For a half hour, they're trying to save his life. Um, At some point, there was no more that they could do, and they were told her uh, that they were sorry her son was dead. She, shriek, she shrieks at this point. Jesus, take me instead. Please don't make me trade one baby for the other.
1: I remember when this happened. It was I, really sad. Because I was in rehab when oh, this really? happened. Yeah, I was in rehab when this happened. And all the women at the rehab, we were all talking about this story when it happened. Because obviously we were in there for drugs right. <laughs> alcohol. Well, yeah, I'm sure these and, stories
0: are like, wait, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And
1: so like this was like something that obviously hit close hit home to all of us but like and we had all the tabloid magazines we were like just like right. pouring over well, the story and we
0: all kind of knew daniel from the show like he yeah, wasn't we, just yeah. like a son we knew, him, we from knew the show. him from the show it was crazy because she had just had a baby and that was right. a big news story and then this happened it was tragic it was like unbearable uh of a story two and a half weeks later. Anna Nicole Smith and Howard K. Stern had a commitment ceremony. That was also a big news story. Uh, She received $1.2 million for photos of the commitment ceremony and videos of her C-section. So at this point, she's making money basically for tabloid. Whatever she can. She told Larry King at this point that they had been secretly in love for years and that they were doing what they were making happy, da-da-da-da-da, and that Howard K. Stern was the father of Danny Lynn, like... Uh, Daniel's death was eventually ruled an accident the result of a combined toxicity of three medications Lexapro Zoloft and methadone he had been prescribed the Lexapro and his mother had prescriptions for methadone and there was no uh, explanation for the Zoloft so obviously he just got it somewhere at Daniel's funeral Anna Nicole repeatedly demanded that they open the casket and tried to pull her son's body out she was like lashing out at other people attending the funeral including Howard and she was eventually injected with a sedative because that was like the only way they could calm her down so after this Anna Nicole is a mess like she's has caretakers who like are with her to take care of the baby basically because she's in she can't take care of the baby yeah Uh, she's always on sedative she's having screaming fits she's always screaming where's Daniel where's Daniel like She's eating very little, like she is holding her baby, but she's on pills and it's just dangerous for her to even hold the baby at yeah. this point. Uh, in February, I mean, can you
1: imagine you're, you have a newborn, I mean, having a newborn baby is enough of overwhelming yeah. and a lot. And, but, you,
0: and at the same time, you're
1: grieving the death of your other child. It's so
0: sad. Like in February, they go to Hollywood, Florida, to get a boat they had purchased, I guess. Um, they check into the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. She's suffering from another massive infection at this point. It's abscesses in her butt where she had been taking vitamin and growth hormone injections. I don't know for what. So she got really sick. I have a vague memory of this, actually, when she got hospitalized for this because everyone was like, oh, sure, it's an infection because we all thought she was ODing, right? Like, But I guess she did have some kind of infection. They get joined by a psychiatrist called uh, Dr. Chris, who prescribes more medications for her. Uh, she has a fever of 105 degrees. Clonopin, Ativan, Valium, Restoril, and these are supposedly all in therapeutic doses. But we know that doesn't really matter when you're combining a ton of shit with other stuff, right? Right. She's on ice baths, antibiotics. She's um, getting li- liquid sleeping medication, chloral hydrate from a baby bottle. This is insane. Yeah. On the morning of Thursday, February 8th, 2007, exactly five months after Daniel died, Howard leaves her in the care of her bodyguard's wife and another woman while he goes out to inspect this boat. About 1 p.m., he receives a phone call that she's not breathing. Just like having her body becomes, um, the judicial system is not releasing her body to anybody at this point because they're investigating her death. There's like a big courtroom circus in Broward County. Um, there's a family court judge trying to figure out who gets her body. Because Howard K. Stern um, and Virgie are basically fighting. So Virgie wants her buried in Texas. Howard K. Stern wants her to be buried in the Bahamas, which is where Daniel is buried. At this point, five men are now claiming that they're the father of Danny Lynn, including Prince Frederick von Anhalt, who was oh married God. to 90 year old jaja Gabor at the time. Remember that guy was in yes. the press all the time? Ugh. He was insane. Yeah. He's also like, he claimed that he had a decade long affair with Anna Nicole. I just remember when all these guys I were coming too. forward. It was I like crazy. It, it story. was so gross. So the courts once again intercede with this. They take a DNA. Also, it's like we have DNA tests. You fucking idiots! Why like, not, <laughs> like we're not going <laughs> When this was going down, I was like, "Why is no one just?" Maury could do it.
1: Right. Get him on Maury. They'll figure it out in two seconds. Right.
0: So the father is Larry Burkhead. Obviously, we all know that, and he takes Danny Lynn and his he like lives in Kentucky? You always see pictures of them at the Kentucky Derby yeah. every year. So then another court becomes involved in March of two thousand and nine. Attorney General of California, Jerry Brown, has a press conference condemning Anna Nicole's public abuse of prescriptions and charging her enablers and conspirators, Howard, internist San Kephor, and Dr. Chris, with various crimes relating to her obtaining medications. So, I mean, that's pretty, I mean, that was, I feel like that was one of the first times people were actually paying the price for publicly, like, enabling a celebrity to get drugs like that yeah because the
1: next time wasn't until michael jackson died
0: right but that was like i don't think i ever i mean it's possible it happened and i just didn't know about it but that was the first time i ever remember a very public stance of like we're fucking punishing you for doing this right so um i mean it was even the judge though was sort of like is the government allowed to even intervene in something like this? Like, that's how rare I think it was. Like, she was a chronic pain sufferer, and according to the judge, she didn't meet the legal definition of what a drug addict is in California. Oh, come on. I don't know. what. Do you have any insight on that? what that I've, legal
1: <laughs> definition is? I've like, literally never heard of a legal definition in my life.
0: Maybe it's because they were all prescription. Like, is that what it is? Like, there's a difference between illegal drug use and prescription drug use, there's, but I feel like
1: this is very old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, let me just tell you, uh, a drug addict is a drug addict. It doesn't matter right. if you're doing...
0: I'm just thinking back then, though, this is like over like 10 years ago. I just think people didn't realize prescription drugs at that point. Maybe. Or, I, I have no idea. I don't know. It's really stupid. So the jury dismissed most of the serious charges against those three. Um, but Howard, obviously, his life was completely shattered. He was jobless at 41. He moved back into his family's, uh, his parents' house so he had zero money. He like, whatever, lost everything after Anna died. I'm not saying that's sad. I have no opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he put all his eggs in that basket. Right. And when she died, it was done. I didn't get too much information. Cause honestly, the court stuff started getting like too complicated for me, but basically Danny Lynn didn't did stand to inherit that $88 million. But as far as I can tell, She's not getting any money. Like that's just done. She's not getting money. Uh, there's no one left to fight for. I Howard's think there's no money. one. I I think like as far as I can tell, that case is just over and no one's fighting it. I think that Larry Burkhead did try to do something, right? But it's just I just think it's a a lost cause. Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're gonna keep trying or what. But at this point, she's received no money from that okay. estate. So the medical examiner's office determined that Anna Nicole Smith died not from a fatal dose of any single drug, but like her son, a combined toxicity along with the infection that she had that was caused by her injections. This is sort of sad, like sort of like examining her belongings when they were investigating the scene of where she died. Um, They saw cataloging multiple bottles of pills with various pseudonyms on them. Um, Obviously she was like shopping around for prescriptions uh, the sheets on her bed were stained. There was vomit in the sink. There was a baby bottle filled with liquid sleeping medication. There was just, you know, makeup, papers, pills. But there was also on her bedside a four by six photograph, which she carried all the time with her of herself, Daniel, and Jay Howard smiling. Mm. That's so sad. That's really sad. <laughs> it's You're really laughing. Sad. Well, I'm laughing because it's like it's sad. it's sad. Yeah. I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm it's sad. to not cry. It's really sad. <laughs> God, Rachel, don't <laughs> you know the so... laugh to not cry thing? I do, I do. <laughs> it's the uncomfortable laugh. It's really sad. So that's pretty much it. I didn't want to end on like a super depressing note. So I have a few more of her amazing quotes. Well, wait, can, <laughs> can I, can yes. I, before we,
1: before we end on our quotes, can I just uh, give a tongue lashing to uh, all of the people who enabled this beyond Uh, Larry Burkhead and Howard K. Stern. Um, I would just like to offer a hearty fuck you to all of the celebrity gossip sites that for years and probably still do this because I don't know, I don't see them as much anymore. But like in this era, like we're talking about early to mid and mid 2000s, every celebrity gossip site, Cough Cough Perez Hilton was especially famous for doing this. Uh, the way they treated young women who were in trouble on drugs, suffering from addictions or mental illnesses is fucking abhorrent and they should be ashamed of themselves and shouldn't even uh, show their fucking faces anymore. Right. Like f- go fuck yourselves. Like making fun of a woman who is clearly suffering yeah. and clearly going through some stuff and you're on your stupid fucking blog. Right talking shit about her and making fun of her
0: i mean i don't know maybe it's not as big anymore but i'm so glad that perez hilton is not the thing it used to be like it
1: was so big it was huge and it was like
0: i feel like it's definitely not but i don't really know i
1: mean it was like all of a sudden it was like so acceptable for people to like so gross he's disgusting disgusting. like i hate that shit that's why like if you go on our page like you know like whatever Anna nicole definitely said and did some like funny things right but I don't want to make fun of her drug addiction. I don't want to make fun of her alcoholism. I don't want to make fun of her whatever mental illness she may or may not have had. Like, that shit's not funny to me. It's not a joke. Right. It's like making someone for having uh, diabetes or cancer. Right. It's, it's a disease. And it's not funny.
0: Also, if that's not good enough for you, it's hack. The jokes hat. aren't funny right, so, right. It's not <laughs> so like- if you don't care about being a good person and you want to be funny then don't do it either because they're bad jokes right so I'm going to do some of her quotes that are um I feel pretty funny and I like when she talks about food because I really relate to her on the food things yeah <laughs> here's a quote from her where she's she's complaining about a restaurant she says what kind of place serves steak and doesn't bring you a one sauce <laughs> <laughs> honestly that is probably one of my trashiest things that i do love do you A1 like a one sauce. sauce? i do like a one sauce like i don't need to have it but sometimes if i stand, i'm like okay i'm gonna have a one sauce I, I do like it that
1: is such a thing people fucking love that sauce i never understood the appeal of it i don't
0: know maybe it's like a southern thing i have no idea like but like, i definitely grew up eating it
1: no but i know people like i've been out to eat with people who have been outraged that the restaurant doesn't have a one oh, really?
0: yes i mean i prefer other things on my. Stage now like i just want a big thing of butter melting down the side i like of it. butter or like a good sauce like a bernie or whatever like right. peppercorn something uh, like give me a peppercorn right um but sometimes i think it's when i'm at like a trashier steakhouse i want a one because i'm like i oh, the steak's not that enjoy it like it's like a lower cut steak or something right I'm like give me a fucking a1 this one is very funny. This is do you remember Cousin Shelley from the show? Was she <laughs> her lesbian friend? No, because it was her cousin, like a real trash skinny. Oh yeah. This is actually a cousin Shelley quote that made me laugh out loud because it reminded me of my aunts. She said, "The nurse said he's gonna sue you for that." I said, "Fuck you bitch. What's he gonna get a food stamp) <laughs> Aunts to a tea that I grew up with, like that is the type of thing they would say. What, what like, was the non-stop. context of that? I don't know. <laughs> the context is I just found these quotes and they're just making me laugh. I think sometimes she has like some very good, like inspirational quotes, and these are two of them. You know those bumper stickers where it says "shit happens" and then you die. They should have them where it says "shit happens" and then you live because that's the truth. <laughs>
1: That is one of my favorite quotes ever, and not just from her. Like, I know that quote of hers,
0: and it's fucking profound because you know what? That is the truth. It's so true. This one's pretty good, too. Some people say it's a man's world. Maybe it was until Eve came along. (laughs) That's cute. That's cute. This is her just yelling at somebody in a, in a, a, like a, what's it called? The alleyway where the parking garages are? Yeah it's raining it's pouring my whole life is boring because of you (laughs) (laughs) wait is that i was on our show i I know that one and this one is like the last one i'm gonna say because i feel like this i would love on a pillow i like fast men i like fast cars and i like fast food Dude, she's funny. Like, here's the thing about Anna Nicole Smith. Like, there
1: are things you can laugh at about her because she actually was a funny person. She's hilarious. She had like, a
0: really good sense of humor. Right. I think that's what I like about her. And like that, I said my aunts. Like, I grew up with women like this. They were like not that educated, and they were like messes. But they were fucking funny. Like. I always tell this story about my aunts. Like, it was, like, one of those early moments in my life where I was, like, oh, that's funny. Like, I was a kid and my two aunts went out to some um, happy hour. It was called Bombay Bicycle Club. It was just, like, a cheesy-ass, like, Bennigan's, like, happy hour. And they were both, like, overweight but, like, totally fucking everyone and they got home and they got into a really big fight and my aunt karen said to my aunt Cherie, of course because they're trash she was like i'm she was mad at her for acting like sexy or something yeah. she's like I, i'm not gonna go anywhere with you you were acting like you were a size four <laughs> and i just remember as a kid being like that's a good burn because <laughs> they were both like 300 pounds like she was mad about it. I loved it so much I was like ooh you
1: were acting like you were a I
0: know. That's <laughs> aw- so creative yeah so it's like I grew up with women like her where they're like not that educated but they Wait. fucking know what to dig at somebody who was like- the
1: shrimp woman you know the one who's it tastes like shrimp oh that's
0: not my aunt's that oh. was a different one <laughs> that was a lesbian's mom okay Ew. she didn't get like pussy and she's like Ew, i don't know tastes like sh- smells like shrimp <laughs> <laughs> she was also from louisiana though she's definitely in line with those women you know for what sure. i like the smell of yeah, shrimp. i like shrimp <laughs> <laughs> smells like shrimp Hmm. <laughs> so funny <laughs> okay okay so oh i just wanted to god. end on a happier note
1: anna would have wanted us to have a good laugh i think so I now do think uh, so. yeah i'm gonna go pour over pictures of her tonight to figure yeah. out because there's probably so many good ones to post oh my to. god
0: i know i should make a big picture post for facebook yeah so yeah follow us on facebook or instagram and twitter yeah try to do everything's hollywood crime scene we'll probably have a good picture post yeah a lot of good pictures this week
1: Definitely. Um, okay,
0: great. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.